I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Today, I really wanted to talk about something that comes up quite a bit in media, in questions, but also within my own clinical work and consultations. And it's this idea of influence, what it is, how early it starts and how to manage it with our children. I've spoken to so many parents, not just recently, but over the years who are so aware of the myriad of influences that our children are under and the pressures that it's putting on them and how to kind of modify, how to insert ourselves into their lives so that we stay relevant. In other words, this this episode of the podcast is going to be exploring how we parents can be an influencer to our children or stay influential, perhaps is a better way to put it in our children's lives. And I just think this is really relevant. I think it's going to stay relevant because this is an ever increasing digital age that we are living in where, you know, social media careers, TikTok careers, YouTubing, it's all a viable, accessible career path. And the concept of social influencer now, and I mean social media influencer, and I do want to pair that title apart because I think there are lots of ways to be an influencer. But in terms of social media influencing, it's a lucrative occupation, potentially for some. And there are plenty of people out there who tell you how hard it is to make a living at that as well. But amidst all of that kind of business of influencing now, how can we ensure that we parents are the main influencers in our children's lives? I mean, no matter what way we do this, we are not going to be their only influence. I don't think we ever were, by the way, but certainly not in a digital age. That much is for sure. But in a world where children are a designated target demographic of marketing companies. Actually, from infancy upwards, believe it or not, this doesn't just start at the point of entry to social media. You know, marketing companies are targeting our children from infancy. You know, we have to work really, really hard to make sure that ours is the message that they're defaulting to in times of choice and questioning, which is, you know, going to come up in varying degrees over the trajectory of their childhood and adolescence, particularly in adolescence. I just think it's really hard to be a lone parental voice amidst the roar of mass media, because this is beyond social media, but that roar of mass media. And the question comes up time and again from parents who are concerned about who or what might be influencing their kids or what negative influence their children are under. The question actually is on us to reframe in terms of how do we manage the influence of the influencer? We're not going to get rid of it. Um, So how do we manage it? There was a study, this is a good while ago, actually, but it's an article I read a number of years ago that just stuck in my mind. It was in Adweek magazine. Now, it's a long time ago. And if anyone is really interested in this, the article is actually from September 26th, 2011. And it was called The Next Great American Consumer Infants to Three-Year-Olds. Even the title was enough to send a shiver down my spine. But I read the article and I I just wrote down the reference because I thought, I feel like this is something I'm going to come back to. And in that article, it was stated that by the age of three years old, 
children in the USA could recognize 100 different brands. Now, I don't think that's a phenomenon in any way exclusive to the USA. The article um, that I'm talking about here, the one I just gave you the title of, it goes on to quote a former marketing consultant uh, to Hasbro, Mattel and Nestle, obviously three huge big companies. And that former consultant said, babies don't distinguish between reality and fantasy. So they they being companies think let's get them while they're susceptible so that's a conscious choice of huge companies that are saying if we can get brand association brand loyalty in infancy we can nurture grow and develop that for you know profit corporate profit commercial gain right throughout children's lives so actually the time for us to be questioning this starts at the very beginning of our children's lives and as always with so much that we talk about on here it really starts with looking at who and what are our influences as parents who do we measure ourselves against who do we set ourselves even if it's just that quiet personal competition we have with others online and who and what is driving that. You know, think of, you know, influencing isn't just for children. Think of parenting influencers. Think of lifestyle influencers. Think of everyone that you're following and how it impacts the choices that you make in your own life in a myriad of different ways. It can be quite humbling to think, you know what, I'm actually very influenceable, influential um, as well in my own life. And if I can be my own influencer, i.e. be influential in my own life, I've got some insight into how I need to approach this with my children. And think about it again, bringing it back to that infancy piece, which I know can be quite chilling to hold in mind. But when we are buying a book for our child, we're not just buying a book because the branded book is automatically nudging, directing us towards a TV show associated with it, perhaps a computer game later on, branded, you know, stationery, pencil cases, school bags, playing cards, oh, buy those every week in packs and collect a number of them, trade them with other kids, lunch boxes. All of that is there. There's a whole kind of pyramid scheme for everything that we can get our children interested in. And the this is really down to the commercialization of childhood. It's something I feel, and certainly not just me, but I, I know a lot of you who are reaching out to me do as well. I just feel the commercialization of childhood and play is a big business. You know, it's a big profitable business. And it's one that we as parents have to find a way to get our voices heard and to keep them in there as we try to wade our way through all that influence, sift through it. I'm not saying all influence is bad, by the way. I think there are people sharing content out there online that is really generous, really helpful, but it's hard to find the sense amid the roar of nonsense that's also out there. And we really do need to keep our critical thinking skills engaged about what's real, what's not real, what is actually about selling as opposed to connecting and communicating. And that's a challenge for us adults. It's especially challenging for our children. Now, again, I just want to be really clear about this. I do see and believe that social media influencers can have pro-social benefits for young people and for us parents and adults in our own lives in terms of inspiring them to behave in more positive ways. I think that there are certain celebrities out there who, you know, really dedicate themselves to positive messaging in terms of anti-bullying and being, you know, promoting kindness in a very meaningful way. Um, I, and, you know, there are many people who are doing that. Uh, 
But I also think, and to be fair, in order to earn a living from what they do, they're also marketing to our children, you know, selling products, you know, be it hair accessories or, you know, books or you know, makeup ranges, whatever it might be, you know, and again, I'm putting it in the context of I know people have to make a living, but if you're giving my child a positive message and you're also selling a product to them, we need to have that kind of, you know, we need to be very clear about what's going on there because it's still selling and, and pitching and marketing to children. Um, now, it used to be something that we were really concerned about and thinking and talking about with our teenagers. But increasingly, it's our preteens who are spending large amounts of time online, on social media platforms, especially. They make up a huge volume of TikTok users at the moment. Um, and marketing companies are really wise to this phenomenon. And they're very, very quick to take advantage of this sitting audience, um, bombarding them with ads, sponsored content, hashtag ad, hashtag spawn pawn. And because, you know, there is this when you're receiving content and there's a level of regular engagement, a trust-based relationship can emerge and children form bonds with the influencer they follow. You know, they, they mostly, now mostly, they, they don't critically evaluate the ads or products the influencers are selling them because they have that trust-based connection. They're like, oh, well, if they use it and I really like them and I trust them and I love when they do this or that, then I also trust this product they're using that I should also have it. So, you know, it is a big question. It's an ongoing challenge as to how we ensure that it is our voice, our message, our moral compass or guidance that our children are defaulting to rather than these other external influences. So how and what do we do about it, right? So I would say we start the conversations early, earlier than we maybe think we should be having them. Um, and then we keep having them. I think the conversations about what's online must be beginning almost in anticipation of our children entering that space. Once they go online, and again, I do want to emphasize, I'm not against social media. I'm not against online. I think there can be huge benefits even for children and young people when they're online once they're you know supervised and it's safely done i do think as well that they can be connected with communities that they have things in common with they can feel a sense of connection and belonging i don't think that should only exist online i think that can be a part of it because i also think we have to be in there to keep our influence relevant and as parents we're often i've mentioned it on this podcast before we're often dancing that fine line between being interested in what interests our children and being intrusive. And that's a finer line than it maybe should be. So I think we have to start the conversation in anticipation of our children entering a space that is so vast, so big, and that we have limited control over once they are in it. And then we keep the conversation up. We are interested. What are you looking at online? What did you find that was really interesting this week? Was there anything you came across that really you felt unsure about or just, oh, no, I'm not into that. Tell me about that. What don't you like? What do you like? Let me share with you what I found online that I did or didn't like. And you keep that open, honest conversation in, in that reciprocal way that it's a flow of information between you rather than your child or teenager feeling, oh, here it comes the weekly interrogation of what I'm doing online because I'm more likely to shut down if it feels one sided. 
You know, we as parents, we cannot afford to talk about the difficult topics just once and then, you know, have that. Oh, thank goodness that's out of the way. I tick that box now. I've had the difficult conversation. It wasn't easy. I scripted it. I practiced it. I did everything I'm supposed to do. I never have to think about it again. Unfortunately, that's simply not the way it works. We have to keep revisiting topics and grow the content of those conversations up in line with our children growing up. We have to open that door and then keep that door of communication always open and work to convey the message that nothing is off limits with us. Now, that can be hard. So let's sit with that for a moment. It's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, talk about anything and everything, anything goes, put it all on the table. But there might be some areas, some topics, some subjects that for lots of reasons are really uncomfortable and intensely difficult for us as adults and parents to have with our children. It could be that we have a personal experience. It could be that we have a personal trauma that actually some topics feel way beyond anything that could be described as a comfort zone. In fact, they cross into something that's much more triggering of a past experience. If that's the case, pause and be open and honest with yourself and say, do you know, I really can't have this conversation about whatever it might be online. It could be pornography. It could be about, you know, body image or eating disorders. It could be about a myriad of things. But if it's you going, I have an uh-oh feeling about this that is going to limit or inhibit how I can speak about it with my child, then actually you need to think about it and say, you've got really interesting questions. I can see that you have an interest or that you're struggling to understand something. I really am proud of you for bringing that question to me. I don't think I'm the best person to answer it. So I'm going to have your other parent, much older adult sibling, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a trusted family friend, or a somebody else who is in your young person, your family safety network, that you have that trust-based relationship with, that your child has a familiarity with, and that they can take over that conversation. So, where possible, we want to be the one doing it and conveying that nothing is off limits in truth and in reality, we all have limitations. So be honest about your own. We do want to make sure that even if it's not a topic I can discuss with you, and even if it is, by the way, that the message underpinning it is, you can come to talk to me about anything. I am open to going there, whatever it might be. And if it's not me personally, I will get you someone who will. But the topic, the question is invited, is possible and is something I want you bringing here because I'll tell you why that matters and I think we all know this is that if we shut something down if we respond in a negative way our young person doesn't take that question away and say oh don't worry about it I don't have that question anymore they take the question somewhere else they take it to the internet they take it to you know, much less informed friends, but they keep that question and they just learn that it's not safe to bring us the difficult things. So while I do want you being open and honest with yourself about your limitations, I want you really keeping yourself safe when you feel like you might be getting triggered. Be honest, though, is it something that is triggering you or just something that feels uncomfortable? If it feels uncomfortable because you don't think you have the words to say it, spend some time 
researching the topic, practice saying it out loud with another family member or friend. You know, make sure that the first time you have a difficult conversation with your child isn't actually with them, but you've run it through somebody else and heard you yourself speak those words out loud first. In previous episodes of this podcast, you know, we've spoken about pester power online. We've talked about, you know, managing social media access. And I do think there's a slight overlap with what we're talking about today. So by all means, go back through the podcast archives and revisit some of that. But in other ways, think about who can positively influence you, what makes somebody an influencer for you, and then get curious about who and what might influence your child, because it generally starts with things that they're interested in. So if they're interested in particular music or makeup or fashion or sport or any kind of popular culture, they're going to find who is a lead speaker in that area or a lead influencer online in that area. So instead of letting their interest be something that they explore alone, be interested in what interests them. I really hope this is helpful in terms of seeing and embracing in a positive way the influence that we can and do have on our children. I always go back to that phrase, you know, when they're really young, we are their sole influencer. They really look to us for everything that, you know, tends to change as they hit middle childhood and adolescence, as I've said here before, when they go towards other peer group and the broader world for influence. So if we can get in there young and stay interested stay relevant it is going to change and we have to be able to roll with that but we want to make sure that the door of communication is open that we are inviting them to come to us with their confusions their assertions their beliefs their hopes their questions all along and that as best we can we will answer it and where we can't we will say that's our limitation and we will put them in touch with somebody who can that is how we influence the influencer. That is how we influence our children. And again, I do want to say that I think influencers can have a really positive role as well. So think of people who are more social influencers than social media influences. And share some of that. Look at people who are really doing good at a societal level. Look at, I always think in terms of social influence, somebody in an, I'm thinking now in an Irish context, but Sinead Burke, I think, is doing immense groundbreaking work in making fashion much more accessible for everybody. I think that's a really important influence to have. I think, you know, take it somebody like Greta Thunberg and other youth climate activists. I think there are youth activists in lots of spaces who are having really, really positive influences. Let's redirect our children towards that. So don't slam the influencer. Let's get curious about how we can, and creative as well as curious about how we can insert ourselves in there. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15 minute parenting.